y'all we kicked off episode one talking about a tumultuous time in my life where fear took over and festered into something crippling in the end i had to become an adult of sorts and learn a thing or two about life and myself in the process that episode took me on a deep dive into the true meaning of hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard in episode two we then filled our cups in tropical yet scenically beautiful Puerto Rico. This trip allowed me to experience life in colors that told stories on the walls of every cobblestone street and fill my cup in ways I didn't know my cup needed to be filled. And lastly, we filled our cups with honesty. I'm beginning to see the importance of not only being honest with people, but being honest with oneself. Honesty can be hard to navigate and unfortunately, I learned the truth about honesty in a series of gut-wrenching encounters that left me sick, metaphorically. Today, I hope you stick around as I do all so well, taking you on yet another visually stimulating journey and fill your cup in Nigeria. The first thing that comes to mind is the infamous Nigerian pledge. The one we were all forced to recite at assembly every morning as we all lined up in rows, girls on one side, boys on the other, in arrangement by class, each wearing crisply ironed white t-shirts. Off in the corner somewhere would be the fair-skinned, tall, lanky woman. She would shift her prescriptions just to see which girls had a forbidden hairstyle or a correct hairstyle that had, quote, brushing, unquote. For context, brushing is pretty much anything that starts a little farther than your edges. Auntie Mina would pick a girl and proceed to have her punished by kneeling down in the middle of a square after X amount of lashings that she deemed befitting. Suffice to say, all the girls hated her. Oh, Nigeria, my motherland, my mother's land, my home away from home, away from home. A place I claim even when the economy is in the gutters and its political leaders blame all its faults on the youths. And if you've received an email from Eric, you know, the Nigerian-born Utah native, claiming that you are an African prince and somehow you've inherited a lump sum, but first you must pay a lump sum to get aforementioned lump sum, I truly apologize, but if you fell for that age-old 419 scheme, then I really don't know what to tell you. Because I'm guessing, you've never heard the saying, if it looks too good to be true, it's because it probably is. See, this trip to Nigeria would be my second in the last decade. However, this one would be different for the mere fact that we were crossing the Atlantic Ocean to celebrate what would be the beginning of a two-part wedding celebration. This trip was supposed to be one to remember, and it was just that. But it also aided me in the ability to look and understand my parents a little better. Upon arrival, I immediately remembered why coming home was more pleasing in thought than it was in reality. First of all, the heat is comparable to air that suffocates you. Let's not get started on every government worker who expects a 5,000 naira tip for merely greeting you. See, it begins the minute you step out of the gate. Suddenly, you start hearing a slew of, Ah, Madame Wokomo, 
I beg, make her carry your bag for you now. I know say you're joining down long. Now, to the ordinary eye, one would look at this as a kind gesture. However, once you've reached your car, he'll surely be expecting a tip upwards of 5,000 Naira. Let's rewind for a minute. Somewhere between my layover in Amsterdam, I'd been asked to clarify the time of arrival, so a driver would be waiting for us at the airport. I remember saying a time. My mom failed to clarify the time. My stepdad failed to clarify the time. The driver failed to clarify the time. I bet you know where this is going, right? So, mid-air, I got shaken awake by my mom asking about, well, you guessed it, the time. And somehow she'd done the math and realized we'd be getting to Nigeria later than expected. And she couldn't get in contact with the driver. But obviously, I get blamed for us having to spend the night in a dingy hotel in a very questionable part of Lagos. The only good thing is, my mom not only speaks the native language of Lagos, but the language the hotel staff were speaking. Just in case anything was about to go down, she'd tell us to get the hell up out of there. So the next morning, we packed our things and headed off to our house, and there began the preparation for the festivities. Now if you know anything about weddings, you know that something always goes wrong. And in this case, let's just say we got lost. And Google Maps Zero was the equivalent of blind leading ahead. the blind. Speed trap reported ahead. It got so bad, my mom practically begged my dad to give my sister away without her being there. And obviously she didn't miss an opportunity to curse the poor driver out. Somewhere between throwing a slew of insults and the monotonous voice of Google, we arrived at the venue, and for the first time in nearly a decade, I see my father. He looked the same, maybe shorter. He sounded the same. Same voice, he used to tell us that he was divorcing my mother because, and I quote, she nagged too much because my mom supposedly holds the record for only women who nags. No, seriously, she really does. That's a joke. <laughs> Please, I hope you laughed. You didn't. Uh, yeah, me neither. That was a chuckle. Okay, I'm rambling. Let me continue with the story. Where did I go? Okay, I'm back. He'd gotten darker. The sun hadn't been kind to him. He'd also gotten older. Age leaving behind reminders that it exists and waits for no one. He'd gotten rounder in the midsection. From stress, drinking, and eating. Because surely putting two kids through college with the Nigerian economy is no easy fit. Lastly, he'd gotten more tired. Years of juggling multiple women would surely do that to you, I suppose. But one thing that stayed the same was his parenting. And it being the first time he'd seen me in a very long time, he didn't miss a beat when he complained about me not calling him as often as I did in the past. Quickly, I apologized because I had no excuse for it. Although I had half the mind to make a rebuttal, I bit my tongue and proceeded to stand and take pictures. One thing I didn't fail to notice was the stark carbon copy resemblance he and my brother shared. Sure, the 16-year-old was bordering on six foot and looked older, but there was a slight recognition, so to speak. After pictures, then came the hassle. Now, although to the naked eye, it was a flawless wedding, 
Behind closed doors, I was running like a chicken with its head cut out. I practically missed half of the wedding. However, the little I got to enjoy of it was hands down, and I'm not being biased because my sister was the bride, but it had to be the best wedding I'd ever been to. To quote Frank Ocean, the first wedding I've been in my 20s. The next morning, my stepdad mentioned something about not taking pictures with my mom to remember the moment. She came into my room, shedding tears, telling me exactly what he'd said. And then she called my sister on the phone, crying, distraught, complaining that the wedding coordinator did such a horrible job. When I distinctively remembered, my stepdad asked her on multiple occasions to take a picture, but she was too busy entertaining the guests and she forgot to come over. In that instance, responsibility could have been taken. Then there was the incident with my dad that left my sister a crying bride at the end of her wedding when she realized what he had done and till today hasn't apologized for. See, although my parents are divorced and they rarely speak to each other, this trip taught me that even though an ocean separates them alongside legal divorce papers, they, however, both subscribe to culturally invested ideologies that results in them being terrible at taking responsibility and accountability. I shouldn't be, yet somehow I was shocked at how they'd lived their lives to this point and yet refused to change. See, I can only speak from a cultural point of view, mainly, because I believe it has everything to do with culture. Adults and parents alike are not exempt, however, they are blinded by this authority that they have that they refuse to see it. I say all this to say that parents aren't perfect. However, it's our expectations of them to be perfect that shocks us in the end when we realize that they are nothing but human. See, this trip to Nigeria, unlike previous ones, gave me the rare opportunity to hold up a mirror in the adult figures in my life. I had to open my eyes to the revelation of my imperfect parents and come to the reality that they will always be the way they are. See, I suppose the age-old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, remains not fiction, but fact. Okay guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Fill My Cup. This is Fill My Cup in Nigeria. I am so sorry that I've been away, but I am kinda sorta back. So from the deepest, least procrastinating part of my heart, I truly thank you for tuning in and listening to today's episode. I am filled with so much gratitude to be back here writing, recording, and just living my absolute best creative life. I had so much anxiety writing this episode, mainly because it's about my family and I am very protective of every single one of them. And in truth, I was partly ashamed because I am a sum of their dysfunctionalities. And if you can see them, that means you in turn can see me. Okay, I'm done rambling. You don't have to leave, but before you go, please don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcast, iTunes Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and follow us on Instagram at Fill My Cup. All right, y'all. I'll see you in another episode of Fill My Cup.